Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Buenos dias. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but it might be afternoon, it might be evening. It might even be March of 2020, but today is November 9th, 2021, and we just came out of a major high over the weekend. Unless you're living under a major rock, you must have heard that we got a brown girl going on White House. Needless to say, I'm still reeling with that excitement. You can't take my joy devil, right? So today I have another brown girl because I can. Her name is Shade Cutler. And we already kind of cut up a minute, just a minute ago, talking about her name and what it means because I'm Nigerian and because I can. So I kind of put her on the spot. So Shade, welcome, welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited to see you. Thank you so much for choosing to write on our pages today. What's up, sister? What's going on? Nothing much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. You're so you're, you're beautiful. I know they can't see you yet. I'm planning on, I didn't do, I didn't want to do this, but I'm going to do this now. I'm going to put these episodes on YouTube so people can see the people if you want to. But in the past, most of them have just, they've just been audio, but a friend of mine was like, you should put it on YouTube. I'm like, yes, I should. So we're going to be doing that soon. I don't know when, but in the meantime, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know we met on Facebook, but who are you and why are you here talking about trauma? What's going on? <laughs> so of course you said it. Uh, my name is Shade Cutler and I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I am here on the suicide page, pages because um, I experienced trauma of my own. Um, I was uh, pregnant and I experienced life-threatening um, complications from the antepartum period of my pregnancy, which was during my pregnancy, and the postpartum period of my pregnancy that um, almost cost me my life. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, it caused me to go into really um, um, just a different state of mind. And after all of the trauma of almost not making it and trying to recover, um, my job let me go, which spiraled me into the deepest depression that I've ever been in. And um, I did experience suicidal ideations at that time. So I just want to be a support to other people and share my story too. Oh, thank you so much. My, one of my favorite phrases is, we are connected by our storylines. Unless we start telling them, we don't know yes. where we are, like all the crisscross wires that connect us. Yes. yes. 
said, we're going to start from the, oh my God, first of all, I was a woman that had some mild complication, nothing too bad at all, nothing life-threatening, but I did nearly lose a cousin to childbirth. Mm. So all this, uh, I want us to go there eventually today. But you want, is that where your trauma began or was it before that? And of course, work toxicity. Yes. Um, so I had struggled um, with fertility um, all my life. I had seven miscarriages prior to um, this pregnancy. So uh, this pregnancy was big for me. <laughs> right, seven. Um, it was a really, it was big for me. I was pregnant um, for the eighth time. And I found out that, um, uh, of course, I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having complications where um, they thought that I was miscarrying. And it was supposed to be twins. And I did end up miscarrying one of the twins early on. But my son um, managed to stay in and he, were, he was fine. Yay. About 22 weeks in my pregnancy, I think I was about 22 weeks and three or four days, um, right before Christmas, my, um, I was laying down and I felt a gush and I thought that I had peed myself. Uh, like I heard a lot of women say, oh yeah, sometimes when you're pregnant, you pee yourself. And I got up and I went to the restroom and water was gushing everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, this doesn't make sense. It's too early. Like I, I just couldn't believe it. So anyway, I went to um, the emergency room and they checked me out and they discovered that I had a condition called premature rupture of membranes. Mm -hmm. And um, they basically told me that if I delivered my son, that he um, probably wouldn't survive because it was too early mm -hmm. and they would not medically intervene, even if he came out breathing, because they didn't intervene to 23 or 24 weeks. Yeah, 22, um, I think, is the cut of now i think 22 is mm -hmm. 24 yes 22 is a window between 22 and 24 is a it's just that you just the doctor has to make the call i only know that because obviously i'm a pediatrician and i i've had many a 24 weeker oh yeah many, not many 22 weekers mm -hmm. they don't call us necessarily and if they call us to the delivery that means that they want us the baby is viable i yes. had a weaker once that was born with all kinds of we just watched the baby, you know. Yes, they, um, the NICU doctors came in and talked to me. They talked to me about all of the, um, the neurological effects that could happen, deformities, just everything that could possibly go wrong. And um, basically they were like, we're just gonna try to keep you pregnant as long as we can. Yes. But most people who water break, they said they typically deliver in 24 hours or a week. Mm. So, um, I didn't deliver. They had me in labor and delivery running all these tests. And um, I went past, I think, I think like the one day mark. So then the doctors came in and told me, um, you're going to be here. You're not going anywhere. You're staying. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, OK. So um, I ended up staying for three months. Wow. I was going to say for the duration of the pregnancy, they elevate the bed of the, the foot of the bed and you're not, <laughs> not doing anything. No, I could not. Um, it was crazy because they were going to let me get up, but then they discovered that he was footling breached. Oh, so it, that complicated everything even more. Well, so you know what footling breach or whether ab abnormal presentations is what we use. I mean, that's just the term for it, are more common because the baby's so little with the big uterus, so they can they can just move around some assaults in there. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And um, so they said that I was at risk of a cord prelapse. So um, 
that like literally was on the bed. Like I could get up to go like shower, but I had to take sitting showers and things like that. I was footling breach and I was at risk of uh, um, core prolapse. So that complicated everything. Mm-hmm. I ended up um, having to have ultrasounds um, weekly, sometimes twice a week, just to check the status of the baby. And you know, when you get the ultrasounds, that's where the um, you usually can see the baby because of the water. But of course, I didn't have any water. Uh, so they could hardly make out the baby. Um, they just they really just pay close attention to like the important parts, like to see if his lungs were um, um, fine, if he had um, fluid in his bladder, like those type of things to, mm-hmm. um, to really tell if he was healthy. Mm-hmm. So um, fast forwarded um, to um, 32 weeks and six days. Wow, um, you made it that far. Yes, I made it that far. A, a beast, you hear yes, me? Beast. It was rough. Those four walls, it was rough. I was going through um, issues with my job, um, you know, trying to like keep them updated what was going on with me. But um, I ended up having, um, going into preterm labor and they rushed me into an emergency C-section. And when they started the C-section, they opened me up and um, they discovered that I had placenta um, accreta. Hmm. Yes. Um, They said it was a worse form because they said um, his placenta was completely, they was like enmeshed inside my uterine muscles and walls and everything. Yeah, that's an areata. Accreta. Right. It was bad. Like blood was going everywhere. I hemorrhage. Um, So they called all these big doctors and my doctor was, oh God, she took, she uh, she was a wonderful doctor. She was an African-American doctor. Oh, I had been working for a long time. She was, she saved my life. I remember asking her, I said, um, I was like, what's going on? Because everybody was like freaking out and talking about death. And she was like, we have a problem, a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, And she told me that I had that condition. And she said, I need your permission to be able to save your life. And I mean, to do anything. Right now. Yes. Yes. Right. Because it was not looking good. It was not looking good for me. Um, And um, this other doctor like bombarded in and whatever he saw, he screamed like, take her uterus. Just yes, I was just, I was waiting for, I was waiting for you to say hysterectomy. I was just waiting because that's, <laughs> we can save your life or you can have six kids. Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what I was trying to say, but yeah, hysterectomy. I'm just waiting to hear that because that's what, you, if it's that much, in, if it's embedded like that, it's a hysterectomy. You know, and that that's what they were going to do. And the do- my doctor, you know, she advocated. She was like, if we have to, we will. She said, but she's so young. She yeah, was like, if we can kids, preserve yeah. yeah, she was like, I, she's like, I don't want to send her in a menopause if we can save her. So they put me out. I remember them talking about death and everything. They put me out and she ended up, t- I did have a hysterotomy. So I lost a portion of my uterus, but she did. Um, they reconstructed it and um, she saved it. Um, for me. um, I had to get blood transfusions. Um, It was just, I I was in a three or four hour surgery um, to save me. Like they did, they, they did some work on me. Oh, Um, I literally just had a four hour surgery last month. So I I hear you. Yes. Yes. Keep going. 
So after that, um, I was on a unit. I still wasn't feeling well. Um, and then they discovered that I had hematomas. Um, so, um, and my blood levels had dropped a lot. So they gave me another blood transfusion. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just felt really, really sick. So then they just told me I had been through so much. They said my body was deconditioned and I just had to try to recover. So finally, um, I, I was, I left, I, I got out of the hospital. My son was, of course, was in, um, inside of the NICU. And when I went home, I remember not feeling well. And I kept going back and forth to the doctors and they kept saying, oh, you're fine. You know, you're, you're anxious. You're, you're dealing with um, a lot. You went through a lot, which was true. But I was like, I just don't feel well. I was like, I feel so sick. Like, I feel like I'm not going to make it. And I remember telling my family and friends, I was like, I'm not going to make it guys. Like, I'm really not. And then I, and they were getting so frustrated. They were like, you're just depressed you need to you, like, like you, you got to get out of this. So I said, okay, I'm gonna just go to the doctors one more time, y'all. Cause I'm telling you, I'm so sick. And when I went to the doctors, they saw me again for like the millionth time. And, um, the doctor was like, okay, let me just run another test. And when she did a CT scan, they discovered that I had pulmonary embolisms with, you know, the blood clots in my lungs. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. So once they discovered that I had, um, the blood clots in my lungs, um, they treated me and I still felt really sick. My body had just been through so much. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was recovering, my job um, notified me that um, they were letting me go. That they I cannot believe that. Talk about a man who is down and you're kicking them and then, you know, oh my Lord. Like, Nick. Oh, yes. yes, I couldn't believe it. And it was, I, you know, it's, it's crazy because. I think that's the worst. I think I've heard a lot of stories I've heard, and I have, I have in my 30 years of a doctor and in my 100 plus interviews, I think yours is one of the worst. And I know why, I know why, because this is America. I know why they did it to you in particular. Mm. I I know why, and this Mm. is awful. Mm. Yeah, it it was this was the first time that I had been through such trauma. And like you said, they just kick it. It was like, they were kicking me while we were down. My boss, neck baby, they put their knee on your neck. Yes. Yes. She didn't have to get rid of my job. That's the thing. They didn't have, like, she, like my boss had the power not to do what she did and she did it anyway. It was the first time I begged someone for something. I begged her not to let me go. And it, um, I can't even explain oh what it did God. to me. I cried so bad. I was sick. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even um, in the clearing for my C-section yet. Like, you know, just the, the typical eight weeks you get. Oh my they let me go even within those, that time. Oh I was, God. I was the devil. I begged her not to let, I begged, I begged. And I told them, I said, y'all didn't even let me know that y'all were going to do this to me. How am I going to pay for my bills? I was like, how am I going to support my son? He's in a NICU. I was like this, like, I was like, I, I'm like, how am I going to have insurance? I still got to get my blood thinners. I, they're saying I got to be on them for three to six months. Like, what, how am I going to do? Like, I, I just didn't know what I was going to do. It was awful and they didn't care and I remember I just was like fighting trying to get back to work and I started writing the company letting them know what uh, had happened to me and how it wasn't my fault I was like I'm a woman that had I, I 
when I said it was like pages long, I was I was trying to hit them up on Facebook, on Insta, like reaching out to them, and it was like nobody cared. This this woman, this black woman, just had her miracle baby, and then y'all, like you said, put their knee on my neck, like, and and didn't care. They fed me to the wolves. So finally, um, other social workers at the job had knew what was going on with me. Like they really pitched in to try to help. Like they used to try to cook me food and things like that. They knew that what they had done to me was wrong. Mm. That it was just, um, it was a lot of racism behind it because my boss. Did you hear what I said? I said, I know exactly why they did it to you in particular. Exactly. Yes, you're right. It was in America, honey. Yes, yes single-handedly did it to you for yeah. so many I have I cannot believe in my heart of hearts that they would do that to a freaking Caucasian yeah. Never. who just had their baby who is at the like on their knees on the ground like crawling like literally yes. crawling just to even be alive yes yes other women had babies at that job that um, didn't have complications stayed out with their babies for one year oh like or over I I literally had life-threatening complications and you wouldn't even let me recover with the normal time of my C-section. Like I had serious complications and um, they were ruthless. And then I finally was like fighting to get the job back and um, other people was like, oh, they have openings. So it was another um, Caucasian female that worked there. She she reached out and told me that she was leaving and she's like maybe you can get my position because every time I tried to get my job back they were like blocking me from coming back to work like it was like crazy and I was like how can I get another job because when I was trying to apply for other jobs I still was sick you know what I'm saying I would have to learn everything all over I was suffering from dizziness um I still like it was bad I didn't even like it, it was awful. I, I don't even know how to describe it. And that's when I started to feel um, like I, I, I didn't think I, I wanted to live. Worthless. I, yeah. Yeah. No purpose. Hopeless. Yeah. Worthless. Yes. Helpless. Yes. Yes. Trapped, purposeless, mm. especially. Mm. Like feeling of impending doom. Are you freaking kidding me? Yes. Another woman, but you see that you see the funny thing. I say that all the time. Women are our own doggone worst freaking enemies. Yes, yes, yes. Women do that to another woman. I could exactly, and I was just like, all this time, I I worked for her. I was a I was good to her as my boss. I I made sure her clinic ran smoothly. I did everything that I needed to do. Um, just like like I just I did above and beyond. I did my job and I did my job well, but I also did above and beyond, which she wouldn't even have to do that much in her job. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter. It was like they threw me away like I was literally trash Mm -hmm. and then when I stood up for myself um it was like they kind of like twit like basically retaliated against me like oh you think you can fight us like like you think you'll be able to get away with coming at us because I started writing them I said this is discrimination this is this is like you're violating laws like this is not right yes EOC laws or whatever yes yes and once I did that all hell broke loose after that. It got worse. I mean, they finally, um, when the when the Caucasian one I told you that had the job, let me know she was leaving. So I tried to take her position. I literally 
took her position to go to come to her position and leave. She was she was leaving and I was coming. Like it was literally like a few days in between. Mm-hmm. That when I came in, they cut my hours. She was working 40 hours full time. They cut my hours down to like 21 hours and still made me do the same job that she had to do in 40 hours. I, they made me do in 21 hours. I took it because I needed the money and I um I still was trying to provide for my son. I needed health insurance. So I did it while I tried to look for other stuff but um when I say they were brutal brutal I mean when I got back to work they were looking like disgusted that I was back I had one lady was like I just thought that she was just being fat eating bonbons at home I mean all types of stuff was going on it was ruthless and I said a lawyer yet I mean I'm saying I'm there I have, um, I did file. Uh, How long ago was this? This happened. Um, I had my son in 2018. I have, I've been. Years ago, as mm-hmm. in yesterday. Yes. Literally. Yes. God, I didn't start feeling well to uh, like, a, um, I, I literally started feeling well, probably like within the last eight months. I was sick for like a year and a half. Yeah. I was saying 18 months because 18 months after the, yeah. When your baby was about 18 months old to about that. So eight months that's, that's when I started to feel a little normal again. I was so sick. I was, even when I went back to work, um, like I was sick. Like you could tell I was physically sick. Um, I could like, I was dizzy all the time. I was just so sick. But and oh, and then the side effect of the medication. Yes, yes. Emotionally just having a near death experience. And then wait, yes. you have a new baby. And I don't yes. know dad in the picture was he in the picture yes he was yes he was there and he was going through a lot because yes it was just everybody life was um it just shifted i had even went into a catatonic state um because of all of the trauma that went like i was like zombie fight at one time where i used to just look and stare in the days because it was like so much and then when i was at work i was still so sick and they were like constantly um just they just, it was awful. It was awful. I ended up going bankrupt. Um, I, I, I just lost so much from this. And I just know how traumatic things happen and how people will just do you wrong. Like they, 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 they just step on you even more when you're down. It's almost like they delight in it. Like they enjoy. Yes. yes. That's what I felt like with her, like when I, with them, with them, it was like, it was nowhere to turn. And then I filed the lawsuit. Well, actually the EEOC claim. Mm -hmm. And when I say, I thought that that was going to help things. No, it was like, they tightened the noose. So what is the status of, what is the statute? What are the statutes of limitation for your case? Because, and I know this is not even a legal, I don't know anything about legal. My only legal was when I fight for divorce, but I'm just saying, is it, is the time over? I mean, is it? No, it's still, so we went through the, yeah, I still like, I, I, I just got like, uh, where I, the, the, the writ to sue, like where they saying, okay, you went through the EEOC process. They weren't trying to, um, do right by me. Basically they, they were like telling me like, oh, basically we'll give you a little $500 to shut you up. Five, I mean, like, um, oh, then they- oh, honey, We're going for 5 million. We're going for 5 million or maybe 50 million, huh? They're lucky that I'm not your attorney. We'll take them to the cleaners. I swear to God. I, uh, well, they're lucky 
I'm not your attorney. We'll take them to the cleaners. Right now, I am like searching for another attorney because I filed the EEOC and I got pretty far on my own, but now I'm looking for a good attorney because sometimes attorneys like, um, you know, sometimes they're lazy, not all. No, no, no. So I'm not an attorney, but I know in my, in my other life, I was probably one, but here's the thing. And I wanted to go back to law school after I finished with the Air Force and I went and I, I so I'm going to law school, I decided to do an MBA instead. I would have been an attorney right, right now, but here's what, here's what you need to do. You need to get on Facebook and find black business groups and just post, I'm looking for an attorney. That's it. Everybody's okay. looking, for, everybody's looking for, for work to do right now, honey. Right. You have a lot of money, but you definitely know that someone is gonna represent you because the way I'm feeling for you right now, honey, I wish I were an attorney. <laughs> no, for real. Right, I, I get you. Like the, this is like the height of trauma. See, the thing about it is I was gonna say that we have some, a few similarities. I didn't have the placenta issue, but I know when I went into labor with my first son, they said, oh, don't worry about it. You're just a brand new mom. But, I, but when I came back, my baby's head was basically at, at, on my, between my legs because oh. I need to go back home. You know, thank mm. God the baby's fine. Went to Stanford and everything, you know, but mm. the point is, I, I know that they tend to treat us that way. Yes, yes. Know? And then for yes. you to do your job, and then they, they just kicking you when you were down, like pouring ice water on you. That's terrible. It was, it was. Again, because I know the listeners want to know, Jesus, when are we going to hear how she just overcame this bullshit? I literally, um, I literally had to strengthen my prayer life. Yes. And um, I had to focus on my son. And I was like, this is a blessing. I have been waiting for you. I, I had to really shift it. I've been waiting to meet you. I pleaded. You didn't name him eight, maybe? But <laughs> no, his name is Liam, which means strong-willed warrior. Because he oh, fought. He yeah, fought maybe, to survive. Yeah, eight months old, and his name is Liam. Go ahead. <laughs> he fought to survive. Um, mm -hmm. I really had to um, redirect my focus on him because, um, like I said, he was the eighth pregnancy. And um, when I was going in, when they were about to operate on me and they were talking about death, like, it was a possibility that you won't make it. I was bargaining with God for my life. I was like, God, please just allow me to meet him. I was like, if, if just please like, let me be able to meet him. I was like, if you just let me meet him. I, like, I was like, mm. if you just let me meet him. I was like, I, I was like, I've been through so much. I was like, but if I just can just see him and meet him, I was like, I'd be okay with that. You mm. know, I was just, I would be appreciative of that. So I thank God for sparing my life. Um, mm. And even keeping me afterwards because at, at, at the job, I might as well just say who they are anyway. It doesn't even matter. It was a um, dialysis facility. It was called DeVita. They no, are the second, we have those here in San Antonio. Oh, God. They are the second largest um, dialysis facility that there is. And um, we have that in San, in San Antonio here. Yeah, they they're everywhere. They are everywhere. They're huge. Um, they they are billion dollar corporate. Like they're huge. Um, they're huge and stuff. So it's sometimes it just um feels like sometimes you feel like a raindrop in the ocean for real. Like you feel like you're fighting, and it was just like little old black me, you know, um, that they just felt like I was just a rag doll, and it it really made me feel like um like hopeless, like you said, helpless, worthless. Um, I just felt like a bad mom at one point because I was so, I was trying to, um, 
I was so sick. I couldn't even breastfeed like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was so sick. I was sick and I tried to do it and I know how important it was for him being a premature baby and stuff and I did do it for some weeks but when I say it took all the energy out of me I had nothing left in me nothing like I had nothing so if it wasn't for God I wouldn't even have pulled through I would have I would have took my life I would have been out if it wasn't for God my family and the support that I had and people just stepping up like one, I remember one time I was just standing there I was in the days looking at my son in the knee and this nurse walked up to me and she just put her hand on my back and she said just remember this is a moment in time it won't always be like this Mm -hmm. and I held on to what she said because it it was one of the big things that got me through I had never been through such trauma in my life I'm like I almost died then it was like it wasn't over it was one thing after another I was like how did I go from the best time of my life having my baby to going bankrupt out of a job and 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 everything I was just like how does this happen but let me tell you because I've also I've also filed bankruptcy mm -hmm. so I have also been suicidal while mine wasn't necessarily as dramatic as yours I think in life what I call, what, what, what's going to break me is not what's going to break you. And mm-hmm. so the bottom line is that you're here today. Yes. That's that you thrived that bullshit. Yeah. And your yeah. baby is going to forever know that his mother was freaking Xena, the warrior princess. So yeah. There are many ways to look at things. Yes. Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Yeah. You're going to rise again like a freaking black phoenix from the ashes. Yeah. Just because we're like, what happened? <laughs> so hopefully you will use this as a fuel to write a book, to become a speaker, to launch your own doggone business to the, and just rise above it. I don't know if you've thought about that or not, but that's what I do with my coaching. I, do, I have got my business. Exactly, because you're going to tell us before we leave, you know what you're doing later on. But, but this, is, this, is, this is the fuel you need because I was, you know, that mine was just a little tiny, little, tiny piece of yours. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just go and start speaking so that, you know, I could talk about suicide in schools and they were like, oh no, we need you to work here. And I said, like, no, you don't. <laughs> so I quit my job, cold turkey. Like I didn't have another job. I was like, yeah, but I want, but I have this goal. So mm-hmm. you did that for your child. Do you know, do you know what that means? Yes. So the quitting or what, did, what happened? How did you guys part ways or you still work with them? No. I, so when I went back and I filed the EEOC complaint, things got worse. And um, basically they started coming for me even more, um, like, like making me do extra work, spread me thin, like just doing a lot of stuff. I mean, when I say discrimination, it was a lot. And then I had what really ultimately ended up happening to I witnessed another um, African-American woman there. It was a white um, Caucasian um manager and I hate to make every it's not everything is not about race but this is just important um well she has everything is not about race but enough is about race and we need to talk about it we we need to take that power look at this this is a book that I wrote in July yes how to teach your children about racism yes because it's it's prevalent it's prevalent it's not it's not I'm talking you're talking to the person who wrote a book about it Yes, it's about racism that we need to keep on talking about. I mean, it's just yes. what it is. Yes, yes. And 
so it was a um it was a um woman that worked there and um her boss wanted her to like do something and work on her break and she was taking her break and I I witnessed that I know I saw she was taking her break because I was up there with her when she told me she was going on her break and um her boss came out there and tried to make her work on her break and she was polite she was like oh no I actually clocked out I'm about to take my break I mean this woman um got in her face she balled up the paper and was about to punch her at work and um I just remember just feeling like this company is so racist I mean the stuff that they had done to us in there people wouldn't believe and they cover it up so well it's yeah, like I almost want to say it may not even be the <laughs> because you see the people make the place yes the company is an entity mm -hmm. it's not a living breathing human being but the problem that I is the human beings that are creating the toxic work environment. But right. they don't correct them. Exactly. They were, and that was the biggest thing. There have been so many complaints about racism there, about the scams and everything that go on in there, and they never corrected it. So oh, wow. now it's like you are okay with this. You are okay with the hostility, the racism, the discrimination that goes on in your company because people are complaining, crying out. I'm talking about this woman was crying. The that woman, the, the Caucasian woman was about to punch the African American woman in the face. Her fist, like she was like this. If I wasn't right there to like like kind of like intervene it would have went down and honestly we don't even know how the police situation would have went um when they got there whose side it would have been on you just know okay. it like you just never know so mm -hmm. it was one thing after another that was going on um there like they they started messing with my money with my time mm -hmm. um like messing oh, up no, my yeah, checks yeah. No, no no that's it yeah but they were doing it on purpose like for my son's birthday they um messed up on purpose like docked it um completely and they messed up his birthday or whatever like that so like I just started going I I it was the devil like he was on assignment he, he was just coming coming through different like they thought that they by me going through so much trauma and being vulnerable at that time I that felt like they yeah it was like they felt like they could just do whatever to me. And then I finally left. Like I finally left. I, 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 I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, this is the most aggravating story I've heard in a long time. I say without my lawyer, anything knowledge of law, you should definitely not let go. You should right. fight to the max right. for work. Right. And I've been, I'm telling you, I have, and um. I have and I am looking for a good lawyer because when I say they are ruthless, they have their own um, legal team that they could have sent after me. They went and got big lawyers just to try to fight me just off, to cover up. Like mm. they even had said to me, like, if you go forward with your story and, and all of this other stuff, we're just going to say that you were depressed because you was in a hospital. Like try to flip it like they weren't a part of it, which wasn't true. No, but you know I, what, but you know what though? Let's just even let's just give them, let's just hold space for them for two seconds. So yes, you were depressed and you were in the hospital. Nobody gets fired. Yes. Because they are depressed and in the hospital. Yes. So yes. It, it's yes. not it's that's 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 something I, I wish I went to law school. Yes. So you were depressed, yes. Even if you attempted suicide, which is something that you do for your own self, you don't get fired for that. Yes. And so, honey, 
you need a good lawyer. I don't know one, but if I send one, I would definitely send them your way because you have a good case. Like, I can't believe this podcast is so, it's just crazy. Every time I, I never know what I'm going to get. Like, I never know which way it's going to go. This is right. so annoying. Right. But right. Like I always say my podcast, even though it's about suicide, is about victory. It's yeah. about surviving. It's about thriving. People that have gone to the edge and they just didn't jump. Yes. And that's perfect way to describe it. Right, right up on it, right there. But mm -hmm. just don't, but you don't go quite over. Right there. So right how there. are you doing now? Because I know the listeners want to know that. How, how are you doing now? I am doing so much better. I um I like right now I'm doing, I am like helping other people with therapy that have experienced like pregnancy trauma, um, that have fertility issues, that are dealing with grief, um, even ones that have um, like workplace trauma, like discrimination and stuff like that, coping with that. Because a lot of times I think of people don't think about that portion of it. It's big. I have met so many people that have um, wanted to take their life just connected to work because work is connected to finances, which is connected to our eight dimensions of wellness. Hello. Well, you know? well, yeah. see, I'm glad you put that together that way because I tell people all the time and they don't listen to me when I say mental illness is not the reason people kill themselves. Mental anguish, emotional pain, Ooh. emotional yeah. pain from all of this and then some. And That's then if back and folks are like, wait, you need to go pray about it or wait, mm -hmm. what do you mean? I can't believe you're talking about that or you're being discriminated against or you yourself, you've grown up with your own personal trauma because mm -hmm. we were raised black in a neighborhood with where we have our own existential trauma, trans transgenerational trauma. So you have all of these things in a pot. It's going to explode. Right. So You're right. African American kids have a higher rate of suicide than white kids. Most people don't know. Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's it's a real thing. Like when I was going through it and I and I was telling people about it, um, people kind of understood, but I don't think people understood the 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 level of it. I was postpartum. I was postpartum. Like let me tell you something. Let me tell you, let me tell you why you are a hero in my book. Postpartum with a normal baby with 10 fingers and 10 toes and no drama, you have drama already mm -hmm. and then you now add the drama that you had from 24 weeks or 22 weeks or whatever weeks mm -hmm. of the doctors telling that oh we're not going to save your baby that already is traumatic mm -hmm. okay, three months in the hospital trauma mm -hmm. placenta areata accreta traumatic mm -hmm. pulmonary embolus and hematomas oh. trauma and then you quit then you don't quit you get you get laid off yes are you kidding like what kind of heart do you have, girl? I'm so proud of you. I want to give you a hug because oh, virtual you know, cyber hugs. <laughs> girl, let's Thank you. you have been to the edge and back. God bless you. I hope the listeners can hear the passion in my voice because well, they know me. I don't play this is this is bullshit. You're I right. This. You're right. You're right. It was. It was. It was. It was. I was devastated. I bet you were. So I was going to ask you now, because you have to tell us, how did you do it? One, two, what words of advice do you have for a woman who is hopefully not going through what you're going, but I know people are going through what you're going. I know that. What would you, what would you tell them? 
I would tell them to um, keep the faith and be encouraged. Um, the same um, thing the woman, um, the nurse told me that time with, was this is a moment in time. And although sometimes it feel like it'll last forever, we just have to know that we'll get through this too. It does have an end. We just have to push through and go through the process. This is a moment in time. I love that. A moment in time. Yes. This is a moment in time. This too shall pass, essentially, yes. they're saying. And you don't have to worry about the when or the how. Yes. It's going to happen. Yes. Wow. No truer words from a very young kitten, I might say. That's very <laughs> powerful wisdom. So where can the listeners find you? So I have a therapy space that is online right now, of course, like because uh, of COVID. Um, and it's called My Empowering Impact. Um, that is where I offer therapy services and um, some coaching to some um, different populations that are dealing with depression, anxiety, of course, postpartum, um, grief and um, workplace trauma, racial trauma, discrimination and things like that. So that is where they can find me. Wow, so powerful. Thank you so much for gracing our pages. Oh my word. Thank you for having me. Definitely a shiro in my book. Thank if you. If you ever need a coach, a mentor, I'm putting myself out there. I do have a life coaching business and I do coach okay. everybody. I don't have, I don't discriminate. And you may not have any challenges right now, but if you do have one, trying to get a lawyer, maybe we can talk to you. So what I'll do is I'll send you my link Please. Off, off, um, off the air or whatever so we can we can talk about because I really, 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 really want to help you. I really thank you, thank you. You deserve everybody that I know everyone that's listening is just like cheering. I just know that I can hear them cheering you on. Mm -hmm. Thank you a lot. This God well done with you. You have a lot of good work to do. And I'll help you get into good trouble if we have to, just to get, <laughs> to get what you deserve. This doesn't make any sense. I received that. I received I I would so appreciate it because you get tired sometimes, but I, like you said, I'm a warrior. Got to push. I'll send you an email with my link and you just, we'll just do a free clarity session or whatever they call it, strategy session or whatever. And then if you want to work, you know, continue working with me, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, fees later, but I think you need, you need everyone to just be like, just cheering you on. And maybe, maybe that's why you're here today. See, that's the thing we know. We never know why we meet people. Right, right. And there's a, a creator who knows why he puts people together. And I'm going to end by saying one of the things that I love is when, when God made man, he didn't say, let's make a wife. He said, let's make a helper. Yes. Lord. And we need to see each other as that helper. That's right. Your helper gets you in trouble. You eat the apple, but oh well. <laughs> And we need to see ourselves as first humanists and, and just see each other as humans. And I don't think they saw you as a human. It's not fair. It's sad. You did good. You did good. Right. Oh, you did good. So we're going to find you at my empowering impact space. www.myempoweringimpact.org. Oh, my God. Yeah. And if I'm like, I don't know if you, do Instagram, but I'm on Instagram too. Instagram, my, my listeners are aged 
Twenty-five through forty-five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm on Instagram. Um, um, I do like positive quotes and everything. It's m dot e dot impact. I m p a c t. That's my Instagram name, and I'm also on Facebook, and it's my empowering impact on Facebook. We'll definitely find you. Thank you so, so, so. Okay. You have empowered me. I don't know. I don't know if you know that. You have empowered me. Let me just say that. And then I'm going to end the podcast and I'll talk to you later on. But oh, ladies and gentlemen, God, my neck hurts just from listening to this, uh, this poor kid that just been. But you know what? We're going to row her back. You know, that's what Pink said. Somebody, I don't know. Taylor Swift. Somebody said, hear me roar something. And they don't know yet. They don't know yet. I love the Lion King because I forget the name of Simba's girlfriend. Was it Nala? Nala. Yes, I love Lion King. She found him and she fought him. She fought him. He thought he was, he was going to see a lion. He, she fought him and she stood her ground. And that's what women do. You will hear us. Yeah. So we'll, it's not over. We'll be back. We'll be back. So okay. this is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Mom's I am. I'm just, I got to end it here. Y'all, okay. I'm a life coach. And if you need anyone to come and fight for you and help you and just be there for you, holler at your girl, calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu until I get my website. Okay. Otherwise, I'll see you guys later. I, I got to talk to this chica. Okay. Peace out. <laughs>